is the Stay at Home Mom Yarai podcast. You are about to listen to my mom. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you like it, please give it five stars. Thank you. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Stay-at-Home Mom Yeah Right podcast. I'm Sarah Smith, your host, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Letitia Francis. She is a wife, mom, an overcomer, a mindset and business foundation strategist, and is passionate about helping women get their mind right so they can see the success and fulfillment they desire in their lives. Welcome to my podcast, Letitia. How are you today? I'm amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for taking your time out today. I appreciate it. What has this past two years in the pandemic been like for you and your family? The pandemic has been, I know this is going to probably sound horrible, but it's been refreshing. (laughs) I am an introvert and I, this is my life. Like this is utopia for me have an excuse to stay home but I think um it it's allowed me to truly reflect on what it is that I want out of life and what what have I been settling um with and I think I'm grateful for that I mean it's unfortunate that so many people have died and and suffered but I think this pandemic not just for me but for a lot of people has taken them back to ground zero moments to start truly reflecting on life and what it looks like it looked like for them and what it, they want it to look like um, in the future yeah um now on Facebook you wrote at the age of 14 I entered into a relationship with a man twice my age who later married and eventually stabbed me can you share your story? Absolutely. Um, At a very young age, I was told by someone in my family that my birth was the reason for my parents' divorce. And I think that set me on a downward spiral and had me in a place where I was looking for love and acceptance from anyone. And as a result of that, I ended up in a relationship with someone twice my age at 14 because I literally was looking for an escape from my home life. Both my parents remarried. Both of my step parents didn't want anything to do with me. And both of my parents chose their spouses. So growing up in that environment where I never really felt like I had a place in anyone's family was hard. And it left me susceptible to man right. <laughs> who literally preyed on me. So I'm in this relationship with this man. And the first time he put his hands on me, I ended the relationship and left. He choked me when I was about 15, 16. And I knew that that wasn't the type of relationship that I wanted to be in. But the relationship at home was horrible. And I ended up right back in that situation um, several years later when my mother essentially kicked me out of the house at 17. I had nowhere else to go. And my relationship with my parents had deteriorated so much that I was on my own. And this man took me in. He became my knight in shining armor. He was the person that provided for me and protected 
me than my parents didn't do so. And I married him when I was 19. The abuse Mm. that I experienced once I was married was horrific because I went from being someone's child to being his wife and he viewed me as his property. Um, He controlled me. It wasn't that I wasn't working. I was actually working in law enforcement when I was in that relationship. But coming from such a small community where your neighbor knows more about your business than you do, it is very difficult to be vulnerable enough to seek help because you don't want people, particularly me, I worked alongside the police. I didn't want to have to call the police two o'clock in the morning and then have to go do a deposition with these people Mm -hmm. that I worked with, with them knowing, you know, what was going on behind closed doors. So I hid it for a very long time. And when he stabbed me, I think that was my first realization that, hey, this man actually doesn't love me because if he picks up a knife, nobody picks up a knife in good faith. And (laughs) so even in that situation, I was alone. Um, My mom came to the scene after I was stabbed and I went to her house and tried to figure out what my next steps were. And then within two hours of being stabbed, I was in a homeless shelter by myself, mm. um, having to piece my life together. Wow. Um, wow. What steps did you take to, how, how did you move forward after that? So you were in this homeless shelter at the age of 19 or were you 20 at, at this point? I was in my t- early 20s, so early 20, 20s. 21. Yeah. So basically you, um, so he was, he I, was, I, I, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, so basically like he kind of um, swarmed you in and was loving to you. And then all of a sudden, once you, once he, sign the papers of we're married and then he started getting violent correct yeah yes yeah and then how were you able after you ended up in this homeless shelter how were you able to move on from that point um I well I was working so I saved my money and I got my own apartment and I think at that time I was quite naive I thought okay I'm out of this relationship everything is just gonna fall into place and it didn't it didn't. <laughs> I actually spent 10 years piecing my life back together, um, sabotaging myself for a very long time. I mm. started drinking to deal with the emotions that came with accepting the fact that I was alone, accepting the fact that I actually didn't know who I was. My identity before that had been tied to my interpersonal relationship. So I had either, I had always described myself as someone's daughter or someone's wife and coming out of that situation wounded emotionally was difficult because I didn't understand then that I had enough power to change my circumstances. So I spent 10 years self-sabotaging in 
extremely toxic relationships after that. Yeah, there was no more abuse because I was strong enough to stand up for myself. So anyone that threatened me with violence was immediately um, exiled out of my life. But I still didn't understand that because I was so empty um, because of my circumstances, I was attracting emptier people into Mm -hmm. my life, which created more trauma for me, which created more pain for me. And my steps to growing actually happened after being arrested on my job um, because I was in a relationship with a crack addict and he had stolen something and I got involved. Mm. That was when I realized, okay, I have literally had 10 years of drama. Mm -hmm. At some point, it has to change. And my mom actually came to the jail to see me. And she said, she asked me, why do I love everyone else more than I love myself? Mm. That was the most powerful question because it made me realize in that moment that although my actions weren't the reason why I was behind bars. My decisions were. And until I could get to a place where I was making better decisions, my life was just going to get worse. And I made the decision to start working with a coach, which helped me to identify that I was living in victimhood. I was... I had resigned myself to the fact that life just happens and that I didn't have any control over that. And when I was able to see that owning my actions allowed me to take control, my life changed completely after that. Um, And I moved to England and and press reset, really. (laughs) Wow. Um, So now, so how do you get, how did you get into the work of coaching that focused on, focuses primarily on black women. Um, And now that you're the mindset coach, can you talk about your work? Yeah. So I got into coaching um, during maternity leave of my second child. I was working in Lloyd's of London. For those who don't know, it's the the oldest insurance institution in the world. I had reached what I had considered the pinnacle of my career. However, I was very, very unhappy. I have a very big personality, which I described as a self-contained hurricane. And if you can imagine being in England as a Black foreign woman with power, Mm -hmm. I wasn't accepted. I was a threatening force to Mm -hmm. people and I got tired of being in a position where I was being disrespected. Six hours after I gave birth to my youngest child, after being signed off for work for two weeks, I received an email on my personal email account from a co-worker asking about work. And oh that gosh. was <laughs> the impetus for oh, me. I can only to, imagine. To do something for myself. I was tired of putting my all 
into someone else's dreams while mine sat on the shelf. And I've always known that I am bigger than the rooms that I've allowed myself to sit in. And I think motherhood particularly changed me. I wanted to change the narratives that I had seen for generations, not only in my family, but in other people's families. I watched my mother in a row for 27 years that she absolutely hated, that Mm. she was absolutely well overqualified for, but she stayed there because she wanted to be able to raise her children without the long hours and the unrealistic expectations that the jobs that she was qualified for would bring and I as a child I always questioned her like why are you Mm -hmm. like yes it's no secret you are so unhappy right why why are you doing this so when I looked at myself after that email I realized well actually I have become my mother And I didn't want to spend another 20 years in a row that I absolutely hated. The benefit of that role is that I worked from home 80% of the time. So I had convinced myself that was the payoff. I just had to go into office once a week. But the stress that I had to endure was there was no payoff for that. So my business was born both out of a need to take a stand for me and what I Mm -hmm. wanted in my life, but also in an effort to rewrite the narrative so that my daughters did not have to fall into that cycle of saddling just because. Right. I love that. Why is it so important for women, especially Black women, to leave their nine to five that they are unsatisfied with and build their own business? I'm just going to keep it as real as I can. I want to see Please black do. women win. <laughs> I, I, yeah. We are on the bottom of the totem pool wherever we are in the world. We are the most disrespected group of people in this world. And I truly believe that if we knew how powerful we were, we can shift the paradigm. And I'm here for it. And I want to help usher it in in any way possible. I am a person that believes that if women are operating from a place of wholeness, they can change the world because women are mothers, we are grandmothers, we are aunties, we are, we play a nurturing role in almost every relationship that we are in. So if we can operate from a place where we are not doing things just because our mother did it, we aren't mm-hmm. giving in to the negative narratives that we hear about ourselves, that we um perpetuate sometimes without even really realizing it if we can shift that we will be in a position to change eight or nine generations to come which 
essentially will change the world. So my my business and and my mission in my business and the mission in the work that I do with the women that I work with is essentially doing my part to change the world one woman at a time mm-hmm. yeah. so that we as Black women can rise up and, and really take our true place on earth. And it's not at the bottom of the turn of the What do some of your clients struggle with when they come to you? A lot of my clients struggle with self-belief and learning how to work through their fears. They are struggling, you know, we often find ourselves in roles that diminish our self-worth. And we begin to believe that we are less than what we truly are. And a lot of women sit on ideas because they're not convinced that they have what they need to make it happen and start building a business for themselves. My role as a coach is helping them work through those narratives so they can become the unstoppable forces that they are, you know? And it's about helping them know what to do next. A lot of times I think there's a lack of knowledge in relation to how do I start a business? Because there, all the women last year, I think last year in America, I don't know the exact numbers, but Black women were the highest rise it was a rise in um, black women entrepreneurship right and black women overtook white men as far as starting businesses but a lot of times we don't take action because there aren't people around us taking action we I've heard a lot of women say I don't want to start a business I don't know anybody that has a business so where will my support come from so it's about providing that support so that they can do what it is that they desire. Life is about living, not settling. So, you know. How can we move past our our limiting beliefs and fears? Self-awareness is key. I liken self-awareness to a lighthouse. And you've been to Bermuda, so you may remember (laughs) the lighthouse I'm talking about. But if you can imagine being in a small wooden boat in the middle of the ocean in the dark. A lighthouse is a rotating light that gives oncoming sea traffic the opportunity to see what's around them. This light travels, you know, slowly and it illuminates your path for a brief second, but that brief second gives you the opportunity to take action. So for me, self-awareness is key. It gives you the opportunity to see where you are, to see what's holding you back, to see what your obstacles are, and gives you the opportunity to shift your perspective so that you're in a position to take action. So if you want to be able to overcome your self-doubt and and work through your fears, the first step is getting real with yourself and really understanding how your actions and your thoughts and your beliefs are impacting where you are in your life today. Mm. That's excellent. Um, How can setting goals make a difference in our lives this year? 
Setting goals is particularly important because vision breeds action. When we have a goal, we have we have something to work towards instead of just taking really nearly action and seeing where we end up. And it also to map out the steps that we need to take to get there. So it's important to know what it is that we want to achieve and then reverse engineering the steps so that we know what we need to do in order to make it a reality. Can you talk about how a mom can start her business right from home? Like um, if, if she just works on it 30 minutes a day. Absolutely. And I, I talk about this a lot because I started my business with a newborn and a 19 month old. I wow. was breastfeeding, <laughs> breastfeeding on the couch while I built my business, oh my as goodness. I like to say. It's about getting intentional. A lot of times when we start our business, we are just trying to do all the things to make things happen. But I say, get intentional, be very clear about what it is that you want to, um, to achieve on any day and, and give yourself grace in the meantime. So it's about, I, I like to say, using time blocking and committing to time blocking so that you can fit it in you know as a busy mom two toddlers now it's it's important for me to map out my days so time blocking daily reflection and and just knowing what is on the agenda is is key um when you're raising children and trying to build a business yeah which sounds I mean my oldest is 15. My youngest is nine. I'm just thinking back to when they were little. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine even thinking about doing anything other than taking care of them when they were so small. So to build a business while you're breastfeeding and taking care of a 19 year old is incredible. Um, Absolutely incredible. Why is it so important for people to start working on their dreams now? I think the pandemic, if the pandemic has taught us nothing, is the importance of this, of the present, right? We don't know what tomorrow will bring. And it's, tomorrow never comes is the reality, right? So many of us sit on our dreams for 10, 15, 20 years. And if we took one small action in this moment, we can almost eliminate that wait time that we put on ourselves. We have to realize that we are here to make a difference, whatever that looks like. And we cannot do it waiting for an arbitrary date. Right. Tomorrow never comes. The only thing that we have is the 60 seconds that we are operating in, in this moment. And that is where we can make change. Wow. That's deep. Tomorrow never comes. I've never heard that one, but that's when you think about it, it's like, oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. We just have the present. We just have right now. What is your hope or word of advice to women out there who have faced a rough patch because you've, you faced it all um, and needing to move on? 
survival isn't the final destination. Mm. Mm -hmm. A lot of us glorify, and I don't want to make it sound like we shouldn't, we glorify surviving, but then we get stuck. We don't move past survival mood. To truly thrive in life, I think it's important for us to learn how to turn our mask into a message, our test into a testimony, and our story into hope and inspiration for others. And a lot of people cringe when I say that because they think, oh, I'm going to go and tell everybody my business. It's not that. It's about learning the lessons that happened along the way in order to move ourselves forward. And I'm a believer that we are all here to change the world in some way. I'm a believer that we have to show up every day like we want to disrupt the world. My my favorite quote is to walk as if every day, walk as if every step you take is about to make an avalanche because we're here to Mm. change the world. And I think it's important for us to realize that Maslow talks about self-actualization, right? Getting through the bare necessities of life. (laughs) I'm sorry I brought Disney into it, but (laughs) the bare necessities, it's all, you know, it's a pyramid. It is a stepping stone. But self-actualization is more about being able to take what you've learned along that upward ascend and, 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 and turn it into a lesson, not only for yourself, but for those around us. So it's important to commit to getting out of survival mode. And while it's difficult, once you're there, you actually get to see the lessons and the experiences that you have mm-hmm. been through. Um, where can people find you and get started on building the lives that God has destined for them? I spend a lot of time on Instagram. So Black Rose Coaching Black is spelled B-L-A-Q-U-E or my website, blackrosecoaching.com. Well, thank you so much, Leticia, for taking your time out today to speak with me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. have just listened to the stay at home mom yeah right podcast with my mom i hope you enjoy listening don't forget to subscribe and if you liked it please give it five stars thank you thank you